with our series on the family, dealing with successful family life. Thank God for all our visitors and those that are here to, to worship with us. We, we appreciate you greatly in the Lord. We're going to be talking about husbands' uh, responsibilities uh, to their wife and to their family. We started that last week. Father, I just want to thank you. Spirit of the living God, speak to us, give us understanding, and Lord, strengthen us as men to be true fathers and husbands to our families. In Jesus' name, amen. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Husbands, love your wife. It's a commandment, amen? Love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Love your wife, and the love God is talking about here is uh, the agape love of God. is a love of the will. Your will to love. Because it is right to love your wife. God says that. And so your will to love, not because of what, uh, what she looks like, not because of what she's done or what you get from her, is God wants you to love just like God. Because you are the head of the home. And God wants you to represent him in your home. And he is love. And he wants you to love just like God. It's a love of the will. One thing that men ought to pay attention to when God says something, it's always better to pay attention to it because it's revelation. When God says, and do not be bitter toward them, God is referring to your makeup as a man. Meaning... Is revealing to us what we are like. We are apt to easily get bitter at our wife. God knows it. He knows that's the way you are. So we as men have to watch out in this area so we don't get bitter. We have to watch out. Because if you don't, God says, don't do this. So I know God said not to do this. And so I have to watch out in that area to be sure I'm not being led by the enemy towards that area to get bitter. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that get men bitter. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that when we start talking about ladies. Why men will become resentful so that we know these things and be avo- avoid them. We're not here to preach at you. We're here to give you information from the Word of God so you know the truth because the Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's no condemnation. Don't do your wife... Or your husband, this, and say, he's talking to you, okay? That's what I don't like about church. You know, when you hear a message, people say, oh boy, I wish that guy was here this morning. He needs that message. What about you? You don't? (laughs) Don't don't deflect it. Receive it and let God heal you. So, but we as men, including me, we have to really watch out in this area. We can become resentful. And sometimes it can be in your subconscious mind. And it only shows up when something happens and you blow up. And she's thinking, where did that come from? <laughs> so we got to watch out about that. So talking about God's, uh, I mean, men's responsibilities to their wives, there are three scriptures in the New Testament that address these things. The first is in Colossians 3.19, which we just mentioned. And then the next one is in Ephesians chapter 5, I mean chapter 5, from verse 25, I believe, through 23, but I'm going to stay with just 25 because God is commanding the husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church. So that's a sacrificial love. It is a giving love that God is asking for, to love your wife as Christ loves the church. So how... Do you give yourself as a husband and a father? There are five things I want to share this morning with regards to loving your wife as Christ loves the church. The first thing that Jesus is to us is a covering. He covers us. There is a reason why God created Adam first, or why God made Adam first before he made Eve. 
Adam was created first to be a covering over her. Today, what you find, there's a lot of women going through serious stress. The, the women generally don't die of heart attacks, but the number is growing very high now among women. They're dying of heart attack because they're having to be both the covering for their children because the man is not there. They're having to do everything. They're having to fill the role that the man was supposed to fill. And God didn't create, he didn't design it for that. And so what happens, whether they know it or not, they have a whole lot of stress. Single mothers home because they have to do everything. And when the man abdicates, he's placed in the home, she has to bear all of that. So she becomes a husband and the wife because the man is no longer recovering. And so there is a lot of stress. And you can check the statistics. It's going off for women suffering from dying of heart attack. And I believe it's because men are not taking their place as a covering in the home. That work was designed for two. Amen? Not just the woman. And what's happening in the society, I believe that Satan knows this. And so he's coming strongly against the family. Because when the covering is not there, and there is no proper covering, unless the woman is deeply spiritual and in church, and there are other men taking, helping out with that covering, something's going to happen to the kids as they grow up. So the covering is very important. So re- men, recognize your presence in the home. You don't have to do anything. Just your presence in the home is a covering for your children. Because God designed it that way. Second thing is to be the protector. That means the one, the person who is concerned for the welfare and the well-being of your wife. You're concerned for that. Actually, this is a mental disposition. It's just right there in your head. And you're inclined to be that way. You don't have to do a whole lot. Your presence is good enough as the protector. A real man's presence in the home is protection. Notice I use the word a real man. You'll be amazed. I mean, this will shock you if somebody shows up at midnight pounding on the door and the husband says to the wife, why don't you go check who's knocking? And she says, why don't you go check? No, I need you to go check. And both of you are concerned who, who might be at the door. Generally, it's the man's place to get up and regardless of what's happening, he should be willing to go out and check. But that is just the way God made it. Not, I just used that example to show that generally a man knows that he ought to do that. But in the same way, in every area of life in your home, that's who you're supposed to be. To protect everybody that lives under your home. Your role is to shield them from harm because you are the man. Your home is to bless them and to be there for them. Thirdly, because I have a lot that I want to go through today, is the provider. Providing is much more than money. Every man, really most men, I should say, there is something in it in you you want to provide for your family. A good provider, I hear that word a lot. But when men think about providing, all they're thinking is about providing money. And so a man thinks, well, I've done my job, I've been at work, and I've earned a lot of, a lot of money for you uh, to, to, to provide for you. And so he comes back home, and he forgets that providing is not just money. And she's still not happy. Believe me, your wife will rather have emotional security 
than to have financial security. It's more important to a woman to have emotional security than financial security. A connection to you as a husband that you will always be there. In fact, they will endure, and we're coming to this, endure financial insecurity waiting for a day for that to come if there is emotional security in the home. The family is together. You have to provide the wisdom as a man. Counsel from God. And that's what you get from the Lord himself. You also have to be a promoter. You have to promote your wife. A man is not to compete with his wife. Amen? You promote her. You make sure that things are going well, that she's successful in anything that she wants to do. You're supportive. You don't talk down. You don't cut the woman. You emphasize the positive and encourage her to be whatever God's calling her to do so that she's successful as your wife. So you promote the same thing with your children. You promote them. You see how God promoted his son, Jesus Christ? When Jesus was baptized, God the Father announced to, the, to everybody that was standing, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And in another place he said, listen to him. So your job is to promote your wife and to promote your children as well. And finally, the fifth thing is be the priest of your home. Be the priest of your home. If you're a Christian husband and you don't ever spend time praying, something is not right. That's not the way God wants it. For me personally, I pray constantly for my wife. I do that. I pray for my wife all the time. I pray for her and ever whatever let me just say this. Marriage the expert says marriage means conflict. Can you dig that? <laughs> First time I read that I said, huh? <laughs> marriage means conflict. <laughs> but whether we are in conflict or not, I'm praying for her. I am the priest of the home. Amen. I have to be a priest, not just to teach and quote scriptures at them, which I don't do in my home very much because I know a prophet is not with, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I think I will go home with Pastor Andy after this service. <laughs> uh, but I've learned not to preach at them. I would rather they preach at me. But if they ask a question, oh God, you asked for it. I'm going to give it to you. But that's the way it works. But I am the priest of my home. And I've got to be connected with him. Amen? I have to. Otherwise, my family is going to go down. She answers my name. Okay? Anything she does. If she's successful, she's carrying my name, okay? According to the word of God. I need her to do well, amen? I am the priest. And every good thing, every perfect thing comes from the Lord above. And if I can touch him, she'll be okay. And if mama is okay, everybody's going to be happy in the home, amen? So I got to pray. I am the one in need of prayer. I'm not going to check if mama is praying or not. I've got to pray. So the conflict in the home is reduced. And mama is happy and I'm happy. Because if mama is not happy, she'll drive you up the wall. And the children too. Nobody's happy. And you have to think twice after you're through with work, whether you want to go home or you want to go see your friend. Uh, you guys are laughing like you're not there. All of us are there. Don't pretend. All of us know this. <laughs> so you are the priest. The more you can really connect with God, the greater peace you will have in your own. 
When you have financial difficulties, it's good to sit down and talk about it and how to go around it. But the best thing after that is go talk to the Father because he's the one that can open doors. He's the only one. All good and perfect gifts, they come from him. And I've got to be able to connect with him. And if you're a husband and don't recognize your role as the priest of the home, you are abdicated your position that God gave you in the home. Because out of this is going to be born the love that you have for your wife and for your children. It has to be from him. He has to teach me the love. He has to teach me, because he's the husband of the church, right? That's a, he has to teach me how to be a husband. He is the father of all. He has to teach me how to be a father. And my time with him as a priest, the priests usually prepare themselves, right? Before they go minister. So I need him to, uh, to help me prepare before I go minister to my wife and to my family, the children. I need him to teach me. You can only get that from him. This is very important. So you got to be the priest of the home. I'm going to go to the next scripture uh, that the Bible tells us in the New Testament with, uh, with regards to husbands uh, loving their wives. And that's taken from First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And, and Peter puts it this way. You know, he talks about the woman first. Women submit to your wife, I mean to your husband. And the men really, really love that scripture. That's when they do this to their wives. <laughs> but he says here, husbands likewise, in other words, in like manner, what I've been telling you, dwell with them with understanding. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and has been here together of the grace of life that your prayer may not be hindered. I don't think I used to misunderstand these scriptures. I think God gave me a good, a good understanding of what this is right now. I have misunderstood this scripture a whole lot. And I think some of you have too. Can I hear an amen? That's the wrong place to say an amen. <laughs> he says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. You really cannot understand anything until you really devote yourself to studying it. And really meditating on what you're getting and the information you're getting. So you get the truth out of it. There are only two things that God says that we should study. The scriptures and your wife. You got to study them. It says to dwell with them with understanding. Meaning, if you don't have understanding, it's going to be really hard to dwell with your wife. Can you see that from the scriptures? At least in the way that pleases him. If I don't understand this woman, I really cannot dwell with her in a way that pleases the father. So God is the one commanding you as a man now. You need to study your wife. Don't study another man's wife. Study your own wife. Forget about the others. That's what we do. We keep deflecting the scriptures that the other brother, he needs to hear this. You need to hear it. I need to hear it. We need to study the woman so we can learn and understand how we can dwell with her with the understanding. God didn't command the woman to try to dwell with the man with understanding, but the man has to. And there's a reason for that. It says you must give her honor. You don't talk anyhow to something that you or to a person that you honor, would you? Would you talk in a hand just the way you like to the president and insult him and say things that he may not want to hear to him? That's not honor. God says to honor your wife. 
Watch what comes out of your mouth. You can be angry, but don't speak. <laughs> don't speak. Especially don't speak hurtful words. That's not honor. God wants you to honor your wife. God asks for honor. Men ought to honor their wives according to the word of God. You honor her in different ways. Whatever way you, you feel like God's leading you to honor your wife, you ought to do it. And if you're talking down at your wife and using really negative words, you this, you that, you don't understand God. And you're not really a husband. You just happen to be a man living with your wife. Not your husband. Not in the way God sees it. You got to honor her. And this is the root of the matter. He says, honor her as a weak, not weak in the sense that she can get, she can carry something in the home and move it from one place to the other. I'm a man, I can move that. No, that's not what he's talking about. She's more delicate than you are. And there's a reason for that. God created her that way. And we need to understand how delicate she is so that we can live with her without understanding. He's not saying she can't do things by herself. She's too weak. So she has a weak mind. No, that's not what God's saying. She's delicate. The way that God has created her. So he says, and in addition to your honor as a delicate vessel, you know how you treat, if you got different, now you're in your home you got silver stuff and you got things of gold, right? And other things in your home. How do you store them? Do you put the gold out in the open in the kitchen area for everyone to, to, to go be around? No, you keep it real good. And you take care of it. That's what God's thing. Take care of this. Delicate. A wicked vessel. And being the same thing as and being here also together with you in the grace of life. In other words, God sees two of you together in this grace. And when you're not honoring her, you're not part of this grace, your prayers are going to be hindered. Not because you got conflict, that's not part of it, but when you don't honor her, and you're not really together, your prayers, because you need her grace, plus your grace, in this life, for your prayers to be answered. Two, if two shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth, it shall be done. So don't say, well, uh, she's fighting with me now. God's not going to answer a prayer. No, there's conflict. But there's got to be that honor. That's what the scripture says. Stay with the scriptures, okay? Not with your own understanding. Generally, when there's conflict, there must, there, there must have been some form of dishonor. And that's got to be taken care of. Otherwise, your prayers are not going to be answered. Now, let me tell you how powerful this is. You know why Satan fights the family so much? Husbands and wives and all of that. Because he knows if they will be in total agreement and they are working together as one to raise a godly family, a God, to raise godly seeds, you can't stop that family. You just cannot. There's nothing that's going to be impossible with that family. Nothing. So what Satan wants to do is constantly create conflict. So they are constantly in conflict. Year in, year out. And they just live in tolerating it, whereas on the line, their, their, their relationships, just the conflicts are there. And they, they try to ignore them. Next week, by the grace of God, I'm going to be talking about dealing with conflict. Handling conflicts. But when that's constant in the home, blessings will evaporate. One of them may be crying, but it may be coming, but really slow. God said about the people building the, people building the tower, you remember that? God said they have one, word, one language, and they, they are like one. And even me as God, I can stop them. What I need to do is to go down and confuse their language. In other words, bring division among them and we'll stop that work. What work is God doing in your home 
and Satan is coming to bring division among you, between you and your wife, so that the work is not completed. That's what's going on. And sometimes we fight about the most crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, me included, amen? <laughs> we fight about the most crazy stuff, things that don't really matter, things that you can really overlook. But Satan doesn't want you to overlook it. Because in your mind, you just want to win. Don't look at me like you're not there also. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the argument is about. You just want to be to show that you were right. And the other person was wrong. That's for, you're just fighting for days and years just to prove your point that you were right. So now you're right. What did you gain from it? What did you gain from it? <laughs> I've been there too. <laughs> I wonder what was that all, that tornado all about? What's this about? Harmony in the home. Satan hates it. Did you know why Satan didn't come to both Adam and Eve when they were together? To talk to them about the tree? When they were separated, that's when he took advantage of it. When you're together, he can come in. He just can't. Your prayers are going to be answered. And God's going to bless your family. But we have an enemy. And the Bible says we are not unaware of Satan's devices. His tricks. Because if you are unaware of his tricks, you suffer. But once you know his tricks, you recognize them and begin to move away from it. There is no reason for a husband to be separated from his wife. The major problem is selfishness. To be proven right. Oh, I'm going to show you. <laughs> when I do this, you will finally find out how much you need me. And how great I am. It's all about you, not the other person. But love is what you can give to make life better for the other person. And whether they give back or not doesn't matter. That's the love of Jesus. He doesn't care. He died for the high priest that was condemning him. And prayed for the high priest that was killing him. Father, forgive them. Much more in the home. Amen? I can tell this. When my wife and I, in our home, when we started settling down and we reduced the amount of conflict we were having, we had, somebody asked me earlier on when we started the Ark Fellowship, she said, uh, I don't know why she felt that way, she said, uh, 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 Pastor, do you and Angela ever, ever have a fight? I said, absolutely not. We both died and we're in heaven right now. Because it's part of life. It's just part of life. Why did you put the toothbrush there? And for men, we are really in real trouble. I have to really watch, you know, using the toilet. That's a real problem. It's thicker for men. For some reason. I don't know why God wired our head. We, I, we always forget. And she comes, you always. I said, no, I don't always. But she, yes, you always. And then we fight about always, okay? <laughs> and before long, we have third world war. Over, always. How dare you say always? I don't always. Back and forth. We're fighting over a simple word, always. And the children say, what's wrong with them with this always stuff? And they lost, they lost it. But to me, this always means a lot. I've got to defend myself. Oh, God. Okay. You win. So you got your always now. What would you do with it? You got always, you don't, okay, you don't ever do that always. Okay, now, you're fine. So what did you get from it? I don't know what's wrong with us. Uh, maybe I should say, what's wrong with me? 
But you can't laugh because you know you're there yourself. Hey. <laughs> mm. Amazing. You know, men always believe that relationship with woman, a woman is like walking through a swamp. Hey, ladies, be, be merciful to me, okay? <laughs> the guy feels, you, as you're walking through the swamp, you can't see where you're stepping on, but you're pretty sure before long you're going to be stuck. <laughs> and you're in real trouble. So the guy, hey, he ain't quitted. <laughs> and for us, for some reason, I don't know what crew is missing. Uh, we go on and pull a lever, you know, pull it, and ah, magic response. Wonderful. He, she responded well, so he thinks he's got a formula. So he goes back, he pulls it again, and gets a different response. And he goes, Huh? I thought that was a good thing. I pulled exactly the same level. What happened here? She says, no, you didn't. He said, yeah, I did. I did exactly the same thing. He says, well, if you pulled the same thing, you pulled it in a, a different way now. And this is a different way. I did exactly the same. No, it's not a different way. It was a total, you pulled a different one completely. He's baffled. This is so because that's, she's just been a woman. The Bible command. <laughs> uh, hey, wait a minute, let me finish. <laughs> Let me land, okay? Before you judge me, let me land. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Why won't you all let me land, okay? <laughs> Before you judge me, let me land, okay? That's because that's where God created her. And she's just being herself the way God accepts her. And we as men need to understand so we can respond positively so there's peace in the home. We need to learn. I want to talk about seven revelations for men concerning our wives. Do I still have time? <laughs> uh, have mercy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got three minutes? <laughs> okay. The seven revelations that we need to, to, to know. The first one, the way God made it. Notice God said, husbands, love your wives. But he didn't say the same thing to the woman. The reason is God who created the woman knows that the primary thing for her from my husband that will complete her, his love from my husband. He knows all things. So when I hear that, the thing that I need to do, God, how can I love my wife? What am I supposed to do? That means that she can interpret as, thus you loving me. So a woman needs to be loved. Now, in my study, sometimes I go trying to do research, what's going on, finding out. In my study, I found out that even if a man thinks the relationship that he has with his wife is great, for most women, beneath the surface, there is this underlying insecurity. It may not make sense to us. It has nothing to do with reason. It's just the way it is for most women. That underlying insecurity about her husband's love for her. 
And she's not fully aware of it, but it's there, according to what the research says. And there are certain things that will bring it from just underneath to the surface. Triggers. And when those triggers come in, or uh, those things, the husband does certain things that trigger these tremors, then she reacts all of a sudden, and he feels like he's being driven up the wall because of those things. So there are certain things that will trigger this feeling that you may not truly love. Don't understand it, but that's what the experts are saying. There are six of these that I want to share with you. The first one is conflict. Conflict. A feeling that something is wrong triggers the feeling that maybe there is not. Now, from what I've, what I've read, it doesn't matter how often you tell her that you love her. They know that you love, but by the way God created it, it ha it's still there. And so you have to constantly do whatever it takes to reassure her that, yes, I'm here with you. I'm going nowhere. No matter what's going on, I'm still here. I'm still here for you. But any talk that seems to lend itself to us, if things don't work out, I'm going to... Uh, any kind of language in that area is going to really make things hard and she's going to be acting very different and it's like, who is this woman? You cursed it because of the way you're acting. So there are certain things that trigger this. Conflict is one of them. When she feels something is wrong and that you are not happy with her but you're not saying anything, then these feelings come. Secondly is withdrawal. Withdrawal. Now, when a man deals with issues, they would rather be alone. How many men agree with that? If there's a conflict, something is wrong, and you have to, a man wants to go figure it out. So he wants to be by himself. So generally, he withdraws from the woman, okay? And he goes to his place, and he's sitting there by himself, actually trying to figure this thing out, because a man has to reason it out. And then once he's risen it out, he feels, now I know what to do, and he goes after it. But when you do that, and you are not explaining, and you are not reassuring, and that continues for a while, it triggers it. Before long, it could be just a little thing, and she blows up, and you're wondering, I was just minding my business, what's this? Well, you triggered it. You triggered it. So the best thing to do is, Listen, I'm going to this, I'm just going to be on my own because I really need to figure this out. You take care of it. There's no need for that then. Amen? Another thing is silence. Even if nothing is wrong. Your wife knows how much you communicate. But when there's an unusual silence, different from what she's aware of or what she's used to, she believes something is wrong. Whether something is wrong or not. She can figure it out and usually she thinks it has to do with her. Am I making sense? It feels, it's me. And so what's going on now? And, and when, when, a man, when this happens, generally a man withdraws and she, for a while, I'm speaking to myself, for a woman, she's thinking, he does this. He's out again by himself. Things wrong, trying to figure it out. Just silence. And, not, and he's thinking, what if, if she doesn't, what if, if he doesn't snap out of it? What's going to happen? Can you see where there can be conflict? What if, she, we've seen this before. He's always, he will snap out of it. But this time, she's watching, and you're still there. And she doesn't know whether you snap out of it. And she's thinking, if he doesn't come out of this, what's going to happen to my home? What's going to happen to my marriage? And so that feeling is triggered. And any little thing. It's generally, they're fighting about uh, something, but if you really question them, that has nothing to do with why they're fighting. Can I hear an amen? 
The real matter is somewhere else because she's feeling insecure about the way you're acting. And it may just be innocent. You're not doing anything wrong. Am I communicating this morning? So these things are very important that we recognize this and begin to see how God can help us as men and to, to be the kind of husband. This is knowledge. Living with your wife, having the understanding to deal with, with her and to take care of it. And what they're saying is the best thing to do is, listen, I'm not going anywhere. Amen? I'm just trying to figure all these things out. It has nothing to do with you. has to do with what I'm dealing inside. That secures it. So you're not angry with her. You're dealing with her. You're living with knowledge. And that, also commu- that means you're communicating love as well. You're communicating love. Another thing that triggers this type of conflict in a woman is um, depleted emotional bank account. When a woman is stressed, for whatever reason, maybe the children stressed her out, the job, or there's conflict at job, she's stressed and all of that, and she may just use the word act different, and you interpret it different, but beyond understanding, it just could be because of stress. That happens to men as well. When they're stressed, they overreact. We're all in there, and this can happen. Emotional bank account. And uh, another thing is you are absent a lot from the, from the home. That triggers a feeling of insecurity. What is he doing? Does he not really want to be with me? Have you ever noticed this? When I talk about financial security, that men think that's what the woman wants. And then here's the man. He, he's working over time, right? Trying to provide. He walks, stays all night, and the next day, he wants to go to work, and the woman says, where are you going? He said, well, I'm going to work. And she says, no, you're not. You're going to stay home with me. He says, okay, I'm trying to provide. You got to fight. Why is she wanting you to be at home instead of going to provide financial security? The main reason is emotional connection with you is more important than the money. A lot of men travel, they're driving trucks, you know, making money. They leave their wives at home. After a while, she doesn't feel connected to him anymore. Guess what happens to the marriage? He was trying to provide. But what she really wants is emotional connection. More than just material things. So a man can be absent a lot, and to a woman, that means something else. And you let her, you know, our mind wonders, what's going on? Why are you staying at work? What's really happening? So she becomes insecure, and you have conflict in the home for little matters. And that's the reason. So the best thing is, talk about it, work with it. I'm going to try to, to, to come out of this. So maybe we can do this so that the family can be together more because she would rather have you be together more. I really personally enjoy the time that I have to go out with Angela, especially just the two of us, and the kids are not there. I enjoy this time. I always look forward to it. And generally, Angela stays in the bed and don't want to go anywhere. I have come to accept it that that's our nature. So I turn the television for her to enjoy. And they go, but just being with her alone. When I come back, it's real refreshment. Amen? Real refreshment. And I enjoy it. I look forward to it. We always plan to do that. Just to be together, just the two of us. Away from these kids. Amen? (laughs) Yes. It's really fun. To be there, just just with her alone. No noise, no mama, nobody coming into my room and all of that. It's just fun. I love it. Yes. It's wonderful. The greatest of these is generally this one, and I'm going to close with this. Unresolved conflict. Unresolved conflict. 
for a man, it may not be a big deal, but it's a big deal for her. And if it's a big deal for her, we got to resolve this so that there is not that underlying insecurity about your home that results in a lot of conflict and you cannot be together so that God can bless your family. I started saying, when Angela and I reduced the amount of conflict that we, had, we were having in our home, uh, it, it just things changed in every way. Financially, things changed. Everything changed in our life. And God began to bless our family. And so we worked very hard because the, it, marriage is conflict. You got to work hard to keep the level of conflict down and forget about these little things that you fight about. Use grace, amen? And, and, and use grace, a lot of grace for your partner so that there can be harmony in the home because two better than one. And if two shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask, there is no agreement that's bigger than uh, an agreement that can be between a man and his wife. And if you have them, they have that. If two of you pray, <laughs> you got open heaven. And God can truly bless your family in whatever way you desire. Remember what the Bible says, the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. And if you got two righteous people as one, oh, that's powerful. Stand up with me this morning. Let's bow our heads, our eyes closed. There, if you're here this morning, there is no starting place in a relationship that, than to have a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. He is the true Father. He is the real husband. And so the best place to start is to start with your Heavenly Father. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to ask Jesus to be a part of your life. If you have not asked him to be a part of your life, you can ask him today to be a part of your life, a part of your family. Some of us have a broken family right now. Maybe it's not your fault, but Jesus can replace the one that is not there in your life and make you complete. He can do that, but you need to invite him into your life. If you're here, all heads bowed this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, I need God in my life. I've been doing it on my own right now. I really need help. I need God in my life. I want Jesus to be a part of my life, to be my Lord and my Savior, my master, to give me counsel. Because that's who he is. He's the great counselor. Amen? If you're there this morning and you want Jesus as a part of your life, or maybe you knew Jesus before, but you've wandered away somehow, but you're saying to yourself, I want to come back to the Lord. I want Jesus in my life. I totally want, truly want Jesus in my life, fully in my life to this morning. If that's you, at the count of three, the first one I mentioned, you need Jesus first in your life, or you wonder, but you want to come back home. If that's you, at the count of three, and ask you to put your hand up quickly, put it down. God will see that hand, and I'm going to pray for you, and I know God's going to answer my prayer. If that's you, the count of three, one, two, three. Put your hand up quickly. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. God saw that. And I believe God will answer because you were honest with him. Now pray with me, the whole church. Pray with me as we go back to our Father, every one of us. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for giving your son to die on the cross for me. I receive this morning the power of his blood, the power of his life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my savior and my master. I receive you as my Lord and my master. Write my name in your book of life. Help me to walk in a way that pleases the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer this morning and your hand, you raised your hand, I guarantee you, not a doubt, Jesus came into your life. He'll begin to speak to you. He'll begin to encourage you. What you need to do 
is make yourself available in the house of God. It's so important. Some people receive Christ, they go to church, there's going to be a feeling if you are serious. The feeling is going to come afterwards. I remember when I got saved, I loved everything. I was saying, look at the flowers. I didn't notice them before because Jesus came into my heart and I was ready to go to church and everybody was beautiful. I could even kiss my enemies, amen, because everything looked so beautiful. I saw things differently. But only when you put action to what you just did. Show up in church, be ready to be taught the word of God. The Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. If you receive Christ, you need the word of God. It's the milk so that you can grow. And if you do that, things will begin to change for you and for your family, and you will begin to recognize, without a doubt, the goodness of God. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning as I bless you in his name, as his servant, I bless you. God, I bless your people today. I pray that everyone standing before me here will prosper in every area of life. Your goodness and mercy will follow them from this day on forever. Your grace will always be available to them. You will protect their finances, oh God. You will protect and bless their children and make them great. You will bless their homes with harmony. And unite, you will unite a husband to his wife in an unbreakable union. Thank you, Father. Your people this morning are blessed. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every plan against your life will not prosper in the name of Jesus. I see promotion coming to them in Jesus' name. I see them increasing and not decreasing. I see them strong by the power of God. And I see you teaching their children and making the children great. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed. Please, Angela, my brother-in-law is leaving this morning. Please say hello to him. Patrick is right there. This is his last Sunday here, at least for this season. God bless you.